And welcome, friends, to the Generations Broadcast. Kevin Swanson, your host with you, Adam McManus from theworldview.com as well. And we take a look at the news on this edition. Of course, we bring the news to you each and every day at theworldview.com. But we want to comment on the news and treat the news as something of an application or illustration of things going on around us, and then bring the Word of God to bear on that particular subject, such that we equip the man and woman of God for every good work, that we you know, know what's happening in the world around us and interpret it through the grid of an ex- exclusively biblical worldview perspective. Uh, and here we find something very interesting in the news, Adam, and that is the nations of the world are increasingly electing younger leaders. I've been watching this for about 15 years now and seeing the trend. Actually, the trend goes all the way back to the 1950s, and 1960s. The average age of world leaders has been on the decline for at least 50 to 60 years. And Ecuador, of course, elected a 35-year-old Nan- Daniel Noboa to its top office just last Sunday. And, uh, of course, that's been happening for the last number of years, especially in South America and Central America. Have you noticed the trend? I have. Uh, Chile elected its youngest ever president just over a year ago, 35-year-old Gabriel Boric, who promised more socialism, more abortion for his country. El Salvador elected 37-year-old Nayib Bukele as president of the country back in 2019. France elected its youngest president. In Emmanuel Macron, who was 39 years of age at the time, and Ireland brought in Leo Varadkar, a 37-year-old homosexual prime minister in 2017. As you have looked at these leaders, they perhaps are native to the countries which they lead, but they often have gone off to the liberal, godforsaken, almost verging on communist universities for their higher education and it has had a tremendous impact on their worldview, hasn't it? Well, that certainly is the case with people like Fidel Castro, who, you know, he became your typical uh, idealistic communist. He uh, studied law at the University of Havana uh, back in 1945. And these universities throughout South America and, of course, Europe and America are basically cut out of the same cloth, and they're there to radicalize students. That's what universities do best. That's what they've been doing for roughly 800 years, or at least 300 years since Harvard, Yale, and Princeton went off the deep end. But, uh, you know, he, Fidel Castro was only 26 years of age when he formed the movement, and that would have been in 1952. And by 1959, 34 years of age, he's the young idealistic communist revolutionary that's taken over a country and, uh, of course, destroyed the country. That's what they do. Uh, and part of the reason for that is because, you know, they're gaining the wrong worldview. They're turning away from all of the wisdom of previous generations and forming a revolution. Similar to what we read in Proverbs 30, there's a generation that curses his father, does not bless its mother, a generation that's pure in its own eyes, that is idealistic, and and seeing themselves as the essence of all that is good and true and righteous and wonderful, Uh, yet they're not washed from their own filthiness. There's a generation, how lofty are their eyes, and their eyelids are lifted up, a generation whose teeth are like sword swords and whose fangs are like knives. So it's Proverbs 30, which pretty much explains this revolutionary concept. And it's, of course, it's very, very destructive. It devours the poor from off the earth and the rest. Um, and so, you know, this is, I think, something of a negative, to be honest with you. I realize that occasionally you get a young person who's got conservative values, uh, nevertheless, not necessarily the wisdom that's needed. Isaiah 3 warns us of fallen nations, as for my people, 
Children are their oppressors and women rule over them. Oh, my people, those who lead you, cause you to err and destroy the way of your past. So this wisdom that comes from the book of Isaiah and the book of Proverbs seems to me to be something of an instruction for the present day. Well, you cited there in that Isaiah 3.12 passage that women rule over them. We had cited on Tuesday the transcript you wrote for the newscast, the notion that there are now 15 nations around the world with women leading them at the very top. That's up from one in 1968, five in 2005, and countries with a majority of women taking top ministerial positions as of 2021 include Nicaragua, Austria, Belgium, Sweden, Albania, Rwanda, Costa Rica, Canada, Finland, France, and Spain. I guess my question to you is, no doubt that the skeptic listening to this conversation would say, wait a minute, are women less intelligent than men? What's the issue at play here in terms of the role for women to play both as civil magistrates and as leaders in the church from a biblical perspective? Well, you have examples of it. You do have examples of it throughout history. You take Deborah, for example, who is a judge in the book of Judges. So you have examples of that. Of course, Barak, her general, is always you know being encouraged by Deborah to step up to the plate and be a man. He's hesitant to be that. Uh, nevertheless, she's encouraging him to uh, you know leadership. Uh, so I think what this is is a an indication to the abdication of men. And then what else we're seeing, you know, not just in terms of the state, but we see it in terms of family and church leadership. And we followed these trends for the last at least 25 years. Uh, and wow, you know, what, what can you say? Again, I don't think it's malum in se, which means I don't think it's a sin for a woman to lead in the magistrate. I don't think so. And yet it's something of a demonstration or an illustration of what's going on in the nation. And that is a breakdown of manhood. And you're seeing a breakdown of manhood with uh, these sorts of uh, uh, things happening around the world. Uh, now, it's also interesting that uh, most of these nations that have women leading, that is over 50% of the ministerial positions leading these respective countries are women it's a majority of women leading it's not 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 just you know there's you know 22 percent women this is over 50 percent women are representing the leadership of these particular nations and what's interesting to me is that most of these are central american countries european nations and catholic countries so why catholic countries why why is it that catholic countries tend to be socialist countries and women are leading them. Okay, I want to grapple with this. Next on Generations, this is Kevin Swanson. Hello, my friends. For the last 15 years, the Generations team has produced a Christian curriculum specifically for families who want to give their children a God-centered, Bible-saturated, biblical worldview-based education. Our commitment is to restore the Christian faith, generational faith in an age where we are losing faith in this country and almost anywhere around the world where Christian children attend secular schools or use secular curriculum and imbibe secular culture. Now, we're not relying on the pre-Christian Greeks for an educational model here. 
We're not relying on the post-Christian secularist for the education model either. Our curriculum is based in a biblical worldview. We put hundreds of Bible verses in the history books and integrate the truths into the subjects. We want to glorify God on every page of the science books. We immediately integrate knowledge into life application and natural revelation with special revelation. We keep Christ at the very center of the history books with preparing the world for Jesus and taking the world for Jesus. I believe God is calling this generation in this highly secularized age to a radical change in how they disciple their children. Please check out our program for education of your children and grandchildren at www.generations.org. And we are back on Generations. This is Kevin Swanson. We're dealing with a correlation between Roman Catholic countries, socialist countries, and women-led countries. Very interesting study that's been done discovering that, as uh, Adam mentioned earlier, there are, uh, I guess, nine or ten nations in the world today that are led by women. That is the majority of women taking top ministerial positions um, in these particular countries, Nicaragua, Austria, Belgium, Sweden, Albania, Rwanda, Costa Rica, Canada, Finland, France, and Spain. The interesting thing about this is that most of these are Roman Catholic, two are Lutheran, all grossly post-Christian. Rwanda is predominantly Roman Catholic. Costa Rica and Nicaragua, obviously Roman Catholic. France and Spain, those are the Roman Catholic nations of Europe. Canada, predominantly Roman Catholic, by the way, is the largest uh, denomination in the country. Austria is predominantly Roman Catholic. Belgium is predominantly Roman Catholic. Then you have Finland and Sweden. We we know that they're going to be socialist and women led because, well, they're post Christian. And these these are nations that have abandoned Scripture. Adam, I mean, they're 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 not being discipled in the Word of God. They're as far away from God's Word as any of the nations in the world, practically. If you take even a cursory look at the Bible, especially at some of these key passages in Timothy and Titus, it's very clear that God calls men to be leaders and to be a representative of his characteristics. Whether you're looking at, in my view, the church and the elders and the pastors and what men are called to do there, or even in the civil magistrate world, that's kind of the standard that the Bible has established. But if you're not reading the Bible, then you wouldn't know that. And sadly, many of the Catholics are unlikely to crack open their dusty Bibles. Protestants have their own issues in that regard. They're not reading the Bible as much as they once did, but Catholics are much less likely to open Scripture and even hear biblically-focused sermons. Amen. Amen. I, I think that's the fundamental issue is that we're not discipling the nation. These nations have not been discipled according to God's word. And, and the end result will be a, a, a very post-Christian life, community, social structure and government. And again, I, I don't believe that it's sin in and of itself for Deborah to show up and act as a magistrate for a period of time. I see it as a stopgap measure. But what's the real issue? The real issue is a breakdown of manhood, a breakdown of fatherhood, a breakdown of family and church. And the end result will be a, a breakdown of the nation itself. All the social structures of these nations are coming apart at the seams. That's what's happening right now. Now, it turns out that these nations where children are leading 
Chile, Ecuador, El Salvador, Ireland, also Roman Catholic. All these nations women-led are, again, Roman Catholic and socialist or moving in a socialist direction. So Roman Catholic nations tend to be female-led and they're socialist. Now, now socialism is a mockery of Christian charity. It's only a pretense. It pretends to help the poor by redistributing the wealth. But it's, of course, counter to a biblical world and life view, biblical law. And for that reason, of course, it's going to be destructive to a nation. That's what's happened. It continues to destroy and undermine the character of a nation. Even as the nation's been destroyed and the character has been undermined by a lack of fathers in these nations and a lack of good pastoring on the part of men in the churches. So we're going to see a breakdown of a social system by means of socialism imposed by women, young people, idealists, socialists coming out of the universities today. So that's what you're seeing here in South America and many of these Roman Catholic nations throughout Europe. I'm glad you mentioned fatherlessness because up until now we haven't cited it. We've said that there's a lack of a biblical worldview in many of these Catholic countries because they don't understand what God expects of them have allowed biblical standards to fall by the wayside. But I don't know what the fatherlessness rate is in those countries, but here in America, it's at about 40% and growing leaps and bounds every year. It's, 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 it, let me tell you, let me tell you, it's upwards of 50 to 60% in Sweden and some of these South American nations upwards of 50 to 70%. It's, it's just, these are the absolute worst nations in the world for fatherlessness absolute worst nations in the world when it comes to faith, family, freedom. And of course, you have the rise of socialism and women leading in these respective countries. So I think the correlation is almost, you know, flawless. Um, A new Axios poll actually found that 55% of women between ages 18 and 54 prefer socialism to capitalism. That's an Axios poll. It's conducted in the last couple of years found 55 percent of women between 18 and 54 years of age prefer socialism to capitalism they tend to vote for barack obama and joe biden now that's no no secret there's been a huge gender divide at the voting booth for the last uh, i think 14 15 years um now not all women are socialists there there are there are some god-fearing uh, biblically oriented women who are standing firm, strand, standing strong on this issue. But in general, what we're finding is in a society where manhood is breaking down, fatherhood has disappeared, and husbands are walking down the rivers, what you find is women turning towards the state for their security. And these feminists are finding their security in the state. They've abandoned the family and marriage, and their hope is that the state will take care of them womb to tomb. They want universal health care. Uh, that's about 76% want universal health care. 72% want tuition-free education. 68% want a living wage. 66% want state-controlled economy. 61% want state control and regulation of private property. And 60% want higher taxes for the rich. Okay, so that's the definition of a socialist. According to you know these voters, that are turning to socialism and preferring socialism over capitalism. And that's 55% of women between the ages of 18 and 54, Adam. It's kind of depressing. I mean, we are, I guess, the best way to describe it, living in a post-Christian era. And these are the tragic consequences of it. Well, I think the bottom line here is disciple the nations. 
or bust. <laughs> you know, I think that's the the best way to put it. We, you know, I mean, you got to disciple the nations. We're back to the commission Jesus gave us. He says, disciple the nations. That begins with discipling the fathers, discipling the families. And uh, you know, it's interesting that I've dedicated my life for the last sixteen years to discipling young men. Right now, I disciple. Uh, I think it's been 14 and 16 young men each and every week. Uh, I have Bible studies with them five days a week. I probably dedicate eight to nine hours a week. Well, make that a little bit more than that now because I've got a young man living in our house right now. Uh, I think he's 21 years of age. And uh, yeah, I've been discipling young men, discipled my son, and now I've discipled probably close to 30 other young men. And I'm, I'm challenging pastors and older men in their 50s and 60s, like myself, to disciple another 150,000 young men, or make that 550,000 young men. And if it was, you know, just me doing it, I can do about 30. But if I could talk a couple of hundred thousand other pastors to disciple another three or five or six or 12 disciples, I, again, don't do a mega church. Please don't do that. That's the last thing we need. We need we need men to disciple three, six, 12 young men to be the future fathers and husbands of of the the future families uh, to lead the future churches and the future nations here in America and around the world. So to me, it's just a very simple recipe. I don't think there's anything much more to it than that. Uh, but that's what I've been doing for, for all this time. So let's not just curse the darkness, light a candle. Uh, but again, going back to where we are right now, I think what's happening is these women run, run countries are also post-Christian nations um, they've abandoned a biblical worldview and they've abandoned a biblical discipleship. Also, it's interesting, Roman Catholic nations tend to be the nations with the highest level of corruption. Transparency International conducts its corruption perception index every year. And we come back to this from time to time on the broadcast because it really demonstrates the worldview of a nation or the degree to which a nation has been discipled. And so they do this corruption perception. Index. By the way, Reader's Digest has done the same thing. They've left wallets in 500 countries around the world just to you know, figure out how many uh, of the respective nations would return the wallet and you know, be honest. So there's these honesty perceptions or corruption perception indexes that various uh, organizations have conducted over time. And the corruption perception index by the Transparency International Organization has found of the 16 least corrupt nations around the world, 13 were predominantly Protestant nations. One was uh, half Catholic and half Protestant, and uh, two were uh, nations colonized by Protestants. Um, now, these nations were founded by men and women who were taught the Christian faith. Now, the most corrupt nations of the world turn out to be, of course, generally uh, Islamic uh, nations. They're absolutely the worst, uh, the most dishonest, the absolute most corrupt nations in the world are uh, Islamic nations. And after that come Roman Catholic nations as the very worst nations uh, in the world. Nations like uh, Somalia, Venezuela. Yemen, Mexico, Haiti, Congo, very, very bad countries still impoverished because they have yet to be discipled in the things that Jesus has commanded. So um, so that's the Transparency International Index. And, you know, you look at these Roman Catholic nations, they have, you know, some religious rights going on, but no, nobody's teaching the Bible. The Roman Catholics, the Eastern Orthodox in Russia have just been miserable at discipling nations, teaching the Bible. It's just shameful as to their utter incompetence 
at bringing the scriptures to bear on the people. These are nations that don't disciple their people according to the words of God. Uh, They have their icons, their smells and bells, but that's not going to cut it when it comes to the commission that Jesus gave to us. This symbolic pretense of religion in Roman Catholic nations, Eastern Orthodox nation has been ridiculous as symbolic pretense of Christianity, but it really doesn't do anything. It's a nothing burger faith in terms of what it's done over the last thousand years or make it, I don't know, 600 to 800 years in terms of discipling nations to obey the things that Jesus has commanded, which of course includes the preaching of the gospel and then the equipping of the men and women uh, with the word of God. All scripture has been given that we would equip the man of God for every good work. And we've got to be doing this, you know, full time in our churches. There need to be in any given church, you know, 10, 15, 20, maybe a hundred Bible studies going on in any given week. But that's just not happening in these Roman Catholic countries. It's not happening in the Eastern Orthodox countries. And for that reason, you know, these nations are going to pay for it. I'm glad that you cited the full Great Commission in Matthew 28, verses 19 and 20. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. And here's verse 20, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you, and surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. Having grown up in evangelical churches, I certainly saw the emphasis on verse 19, the idea of making disciples, and I think they really interpret that more to be just raw evangelism, not so much what a disciple fully is. Yes, baptize, okay, and then we're done. But there's less of an emphasis, I think, in evangelical Christendom, even with our missions emphases and our missionaries being sent out, to teach the people that we lead to Christ here in America or overseas to obey everything Jesus commanded us. I mean, that verse 20, I think, by and large, outside of some specific reform circles, has been lost, don't you think? Yeah, and I just think it's a level of intensity that's needed. It's a level of commitment uh, that is needed. We need a high level of intensity and intentionality to bring this about. It's not a mass production system. Jesus took 12 disciples, worked with them for three years, changed the world. It's That's it. That's the recipe, if there was one. Let me end with this. I'm mean, just drawing in some of the current developments around the world. And I do believe that South America and Central America are crying out for the discipleship of nations. That's one reason why our ministry is putting so much into South America and Central America these days. We're traveling there. We're providing resources for the homeschooling, the burgeoning homeschool movements throughout South America and Central America. But, I mean, take a look at what's happened since uh, 1998. Economist Magazine, May of 2023, came out with this complaint saying, hey, there's a major pink wave that's spreading across Central and South America. Now, that's communism that, light. That's that's communism light. Yeah, it's communism light. It's not the not full sexual thing so, so much as it's just socialism that's spreading all the way through South America. Left wing presidents came to power in Brazil, Chile and Colombia in just the last year or so. They join a swath of established left-wingers in Argentina, Bolivia, Mexico, Peru, uh, as well as, of course, the, the autocratic uh, countries of Cuba, Nicaragua, and Venezuela. Across Latin America, it says 12 out of 19 countries now left, run by left-wing governments representing, get this, 92% of the region's people, 90% of its GDP now controlled 
by these leftists, and you know it's just going to take that the character of the nation down the sewer, and it's going to destroy the economy of the nations. And this is what's happened over and over and over again. Socialism won't last long in these impoverished nations. It took a long time to you know, strip back the character and destroy Sweden, you know, because it had a thousand years of Christian character behind it. Not so much for these South American nations. Socialism is not going to last nearly as long for these impoverished nations. They attempted it in Africa. That never worked. The only reason why these nations are led by young socialists, they've attended these Western universities, as we've said. But I think the experiment with nations like these is going to be shorter in these poor nations. Um, they'll drop back into uh, petty dictatorships fairly quickly. Or the better approach is to disciple the nations by teaching them the things that Jesus has commanded and to work it into 12 years of Christian curriculum that we give homeschooling students preferably tens of thousands or hundreds of thousands of homeschooling students throughout Mexico, Brazil, and elsewhere throughout South America. If you're interested in supporting the uh, Spanish translations, the Portuguese translations, uh, oh man, we have committed ourselves big time to this project. Friends, we're looking at discipling the nations as an organization. Support generations as we do this. We're, we're putting our own money on the line with this uh, Discipleship of the Nations program, hoping that within 20, 30, 40, 50 years from now, there will be some seeds coming to fruition and bringing about a change in the nations should Christ tarry. So we're involved in the Great Commission that our Lord gave to us and encourage you to support us at generations.org. This is Kevin Swanson inviting you back again next time as we continue to lay down a vision for the next generation.